Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. We've got a lot of great questions on today's show. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know how you can get a hold of us for next week's episode so that you can leave your questions and have them answered. You can start by calling our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at RumblingsQ&A on Twitter. Facebook messages or Instagram messages work really well. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comment section over on our show notes at buffalorumblings.com. Over the course of the next week or so, we're going to be transitioning out of our free agency coverage and into our NFL draft coverage, which is going to be always fun without a first-round pick, but we'll still get to it and have lots of info on the draft for you. There's still a lot of questions around the Bills, so let's get to them. This is normally the space where I get to ask the question I've been getting a lot from folks that I run into or folks that I chat with at you know the supermarket or at work or wherever but we obviously are doing that right now because of social distancing physical distancing and uh, so I, I don't really have a lot of questions that I've been getting a lot from a lot of other folks um, I'm going to use this part of the episode, though, to refer you to uh, Nick Batts, uh, Nick and Nolan show, uh, where he interviewed a couple uh, doctors and epidemiologists about what's going on with COVID-19 and the NFL. Uh, so if that interests you at all, seeing how the Bills offseason is going to progress because of this illness or how it could progress because of this illness, uh, make sure you listen to that. There's some really good information from folks that are a lot smarter than me in there talking about COVID-19 and the coronavirus and how it's going to affect off-season programs around the NFL. Um, I will say this. I do think it's one of the reasons that the Bills um, really went out and got Stefan Diggs. Uh, they they knew they weren't going to be able to do all the pre-draft interviews that they wanted to with NFL draft prospects, so they went out and got a somebody who's done it, somebody who's been there, somebody they had a little bit more information on. And it's the same concept with with after they required the receiver because they're not going to be able to do spring workouts, at least not in the regular sense where folks get to get together. They're going to have to do it you know, virtually. And, and so the longer that that goes on, the the harder it's going to be for that new wide receiver to acclimate to the NFL, acclimate to NFL offenses. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are going to need to to 
to build that camaraderie, build that uh, relationship, but they'll have an easier time of doing that because Diggs has been there and done that in the NFL, whereas a rookie coming in wouldn't. So I, I understand trading the first round pick this year. So the more you think about it, the more you understand the Stefan Diggs trade isn't really in a vacuum. It's not just the Bills needed a wide receiver and traded a first round pick for it. It's the Bills needed a wide receiver. They needed to be able to isolate the variable of Josh Allen and and see if he was a guy that they were going to be willing to move forward with after uh, next year. But they also knew that they weren't going to be able to have spring workouts and you know, the normal off season of, you know, implementation, the normal off season of bringing guys in before the draft to getting to know them better. So it makes a lot of sense that they traded their first round pick for an established veteran in Stefan Diggs. Let's get to your questions. And the first question we're going to do is off our phone line at 716-508-0405. Hey, my name is William Nichols. I'm calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's not really a question. It's about, you know, this free agent and how much money Buffalo got in the cap space. My main thing is, you know, I know Buffalo's trying to be cheap and not trying to spend as much cap, but if you got good players out there, find them. You know what I mean? Make a difference maker. Why save money when you got the money? You, you The game is to win Super Bowls. Get the team, the players you need to win Super Bowls and compete. I understand, yeah, you're trying to get low-budget players, but we need a headbuster in Buffalo. That's all I'm saying. Make a good headbusting uh, trade or, you know, get somebody good and free agent. That's all. Hi, William. Thanks for calling in to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's the Bills being cheap or Bills fans being cheap when folks are worried about the cap space or I write an article about how the Bills are cap strapped now that they've gone through free agency. I don't think that's it. And I don't think it's not wanting good players on the roster. Uh, It has more to do with the fact that it's not just about winning a Super Bowl. It's about winning sustained Super Bowls and winning for a long time. And so when you draft a player like Tredavious White or Matt Milano or even Deion Dawkins, and you want them to continue playing on your team, you can't just keep signing free agents this year and not looking ahead to 2021 when all those guys are going to be free agents and you've used up all the cap space that you're going to need to re-sign those guys. So it's about building long-term sustained winners and paying the guys in your locker room as opposed to just going out and trying to sign a bunch of free agents every year. That's not how it's going to work, especially when you look ahead and see what Josh Allen's salary cap figure is going to be past the 2021 season. You have to start putting plans in place now to have a roster built around that guy when his contract becomes astronomical and we've seen it over and over again with all of these high quality quarterbacks that as soon as they get paid the rest of the team suffers that's not a dig on them Uh, it's how the quarterback position works but you know the, the the Seahawks were able to build a massive great defense when Russell Wilson was on his rookie deal and that's what the Bills are trying to do right now um You've seen the the Patriots struggle to put weapons around Tom Brady or uh, even the New Orleans Saints trying to build a defense with Drew Brees. Once that quarterback gets paid the massive contract, it's a lot more difficult to do that. And so the Bills are just looking at it as a long-term, multi-year run, as opposed to just, you know, 2020 is going to be the year that the Bills win the Super Bowl and nothing else matters. Okay, so that's part of the conversation right now. 
The Bills still have around $20 million in available cap space to use. Uh, if you go to SpotTrack or somewhere else, you're going to see that they have more than that. Uh, I usually take into account what you have to set aside for the draft class just because I don't want to have to cut a player later because, oops, I forgot that I had to pay you know, six guys that were drafted. Um, so I usually take that into account. And after the Daryl Williams signing, the Bills are somewhere under $20 million, uh, depending on how much his contract is for. We still haven't heard any reported terms for that yet. But I'm anticipating the Bills having somewhere from 17 to $20 million in available cap space right now. That's certainly enough to go out and sign a free agent if they still want to, especially if they're going to do a swap. So say they bring in a defensive end and then they cut Trent Murphy. That'll free up $8 million in cap space. You can spend $8, $9, $10 million or, or more on this new defensive end. So if they have a plan in place where they're going to shed some salary, whether it's cutting you know, a Ty Inseki on the offensive line or cutting Trent Murphy on the defensive line or something like that when they replace them, uh, then it makes a lot more sense for that. But I think about $18, $20 million right now is about where they should be heading into the 2020 season, knowing that they have to extend Tredavious White, knowing that they probably have to extend Matt Milano and Deion Dawkins going forward. Thanks for your question on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. And thanks for listening. Over to Twitter, where... Michael Ferentino asks us, are you happy with the backup quarterbacks if Josh Allen gets hurt? Should the Bills throw a good contract at a veteran talent like Cam Newton or Andy Dalton? Well, I don't necessarily think that the Bills should pursue Cam Newton. I think that would probably be a bad situation to put Josh Allen in. Uh, Cam Newton is a former MVP. He has a lot of personality. He would be able to get the ear of folks in that room one way or the other, and he demands attention. I just think it would be a bad idea to put that on your young quarterback. Um, Dalton's a little bit different. Uh, Dalton has been there and done that, of course, in the NFL. He has made big plays. He's been to the playoffs. But I think he just is in a different part of his career um, than than Cam Newton and has a different level of personality. Sure, he's a leader, but he's not that kind of, I don't know, what's transcendent leader that Cam Newton is. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem with them bringing in Andy Dalton to be that veteran backup instead of Matt Barkley. Um, I think Dalton is probably a better quarterback than Matt Barkley. Uh, I don't think they need to do that. I think Matt Barkley is a perfectly acceptable quarterback for the position that the Bills are in right now, which is developing uh, Josh Allen and developing their quarterback of the future. I guess it really boils down to what you want the backup quarterback to be doing on the Buffalo Bills right now. Is he a guy that's going to come in and mentor Josh Allen, or is he a guy that's going to come in and possibly win you, I don't know, 10 games if Allen gets hurt in the preseason? I I think Matt Barkley can certainly get this team to six or seven wins if if Josh Allen is out. Could Andy Dalton or Cam Newton get you more wins than that? Yeah, probably. So I'm at least open to that idea. But again, the whole point right now is to see what they can get out of Josh Allen long term, not necessarily to win as many games as possible if Josh Allen gets hurt in 2020. Do they want to win games? Absolutely. And can Matt Barkley win those games? I think so. But he's, you know, it's it's not Madden. It's not like just get all the guys you can that have the highest rating and just plug and go. There's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes, especially at the quarterback position. 
I don't really want Josh Allen looking over his shoulder in every single meeting to see if Cam Newton's making a face behind his back. So I guess that's where I am right now with the backup quarterback position. Thanks for your question over at Buff Rumblings on Twitter. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Uh, Jeffrey Beck sent us an email using Buffalo Rumblings at SBNation.com. Hi, Matt. Uh, with the signing of Daryl Williams, what are the odds that Brandon Bean starts shopping? Deion Dawkins. It doesn't seem like we can or should afford to pay all of our young players when their contracts are coming up, like Josh Allen, Jermaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, Matt Milano, etc. I think we could fetch a second rounder for Dawkins to be used to draft his cheaper young replacement. I think Williams, Nseki, and Ford could hold down the fort at tackle until the replacement is ready to take over for Williams and Nseki. Uh, not signing Dawkins to an extension would quote unquote free up ten plus million dollars a year for us to be used elsewhere. Would love your thoughts. Well, uh, I personally am of the belief that if a, a young player comes in and plays well and immediately gets traded, it doesn't really show the rest of the locker room that you're willing to reward young players who outperform their rookie deals or um, you know perform really well under their rookie deal to get that second big contract. I also think in terms of, I don't know, long-term vision, Daryl Williams is on a one-year contract. Ty Nseki has one year left on his contract. So past 2020, you only have Cody Ford under contract. And that's actually true still with Deion Dawkins because he's only got one year left on his deal as well. So signing Dawkins right now, is about a few different things. First, it's about you know rewarding guys in your locker room that play well and giving them contract extensions so that the rest of the locker room looks around and says, okay, this guy has got better every single season and the Bills rewarded him for that. Um, so I think that's part of it. But I also think that just having fewer question marks on your roster heading into the 2021 offseason is kind of important because there's so many other question marks that they have to deal with. They have to deal with Milano. They have to deal with Dawkins. They have to deal with Josh Allen. They have to deal with Trey White. There's so many unknowns right now. They've got a bunch of starters not under contract past this current season, whether you're talking about a guy that most people could live without in Patrick DeMarco or further down the line, uh, Tyler Croft, um, who else? You know what? Let's just go down the list. It's Matt Barkley is going to be a free agent after 2020. TJ Yeldon, uh, Patrick DeMarco, like I already said, Andre Roberts, uh, Robert Foster, Duke Williams, Tyler Croft, Jason Kroom, Ty Insecki, John Feliciano was the one, the big one I was looking for earlier. Your starting right guard uh, is going to be a free agent along with Deion Dawkins. Um, 
Daryl Williams, like I just said, uh, Trent Murphy, uh, Vincent Taylor, Matt Milano, Josh Norman, Levi Wallace, EJ Gaines. So, I mean, every single one of your cornerbacks essentially is going to be a free agent with the exception of Taron Johnson. So, I mean, obviously you have to look ahead there. Uh, so the Bills have a lot of question marks coming up a year from now and removing one of the bigger question marks, your left tackle, would really help them, you know, I think moving forward because then they could worry about how to fill the other spots with, you know, short-term veteran options or NFL draft picks. Um, I know Bruce Nolan over at the Nick and Nolan show has been talking a lot about the future with compensatory picks and letting guys walk, but the Bills have so many holes looking forward that they're going to have to sign guys to replace those starters, which would negate the uh, the compensatory pick that they would get if Dawkins signed a huge deal somewhere else. So I think it's just better to re-sign him, especially because offensive line play and offensive line, I don't know, pros- draft prospects and development in general has been so down across the league. You know, you have a solid left tackle. You should probably lock him up. Um, you saw the Arizona Cardinals lock up their left tackle, even though he has had a really rocky up and down career to this point, just because there are so many question marks with um, with college offensive line prospects transitioning into the NFL. So Dawkins is a guy I would prioritize even over a guy like Matt Milano because you have Tremaine Edmonds in the linebacker core, but who do you have on the offensive line that's really a building block piece? You have Mitch Morse, uh, but he's getting up there. You don't really have that young player on the offensive line that you can build around, at least not until Cody Ford shows me more than he has so far to this point in his NFL career. Thanks for your question. Uh, into our email inbox at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Our Twitter question of the week comes from Neftali Cortez, who asks us, is Yannick Ngakwe joining the Bills? He had a cryptic message on Twitter saying, make a way on Buffalo's new additions. I actually went back and looked, so thanks for this. Um, Yannick Ngakwe posted, make a way, just that, just that term, make a way, at 1242 on March 29th picture of the new look defensive line on March 29th at 103. So that was a, a half an hour after Yannick Ngakwe posted on Twitter about make a way. Um, I don't really think that the social media stuff plays into this a whole lot. Uh, Thurman Thomas was on Instagram telling Cam Newton to give him a call because Cam Newton was released by the Carolina Panthers. I, I just don't see how much that actually happens. Folks especially in the NFL, are talking to each other. You know, they're the only people that understand what's going on inside the room, inside the locker room, inside their heads. And so they talk with each other a lot about kind of what's going on and how to leave teams that you've been on your entire career and all that other stuff. So I would have to say that that's probably not um, something worth losing any sleep over. I don't think the Bills are going to trade for Yannick Ngakwe. They don't have a first-round pick in 2020 to do it, even if they wanted to. And I don't know if the Jaguars would take something less than that. Uh, If they did trade for Ngakwe, they'd have to give him a pretty sizable contract extension going forward, which I wouldn't have a problem with them doing. He's, He's proven it in the NFL, and he, by all accounts, is a fine you know, work ethic player and everything like that. 
but the Bills would be trading, say, their first-round pick in 2021 and their second-round pick this year to get Yannick Ngakwe, and then they'd have to cut Trent Murphy. The cutting Trent Murphy part doesn't bother me, uh, but giving away two assets and you know, signing a guy to the richest deal in the NFL at a premium position isn't like the way to build a long-term success. It's a, it's a last-ditch, like, this is the only thing left to get us over the top move. And with contracts coming, like I keep talking about, for Trey White and some of the other bills on the roster, it just doesn't make sense from a roster-building standpoint to be given you know, the, the biggest contract in NFL history to a defensive lineman with so many question marks around the rest of the team. They still probably need to address the long-term impact at the cornerback position with Josh Norman and... Levi Wallace both being free agents, they need to address you know a younger player at defensive end. So Yannick Ngakwe would kind of you know solidify that problem. Uh, they need to address a, probably adding a wide receiver and a running back in the draft um, and get younger at those positions. So they've got places where they need to spend those assets. Trading a second this year, a first next year, and giving Yannick Ngakwe a massive contract isn't necessarily going to work. I think they made their decision about who they were going to trade for when they traded for Stephon Diggs. Uh, I just don't see the Jaguars and Doug Marone trading to the Bills anything, really, um, without the Bills severely overpaying. So trading him inside the conference isn't going to be something that the Jaguars want to do either. So it's going to cost the Bills even more than it would cost somebody in the NFC. You saw that with the Texans and Jadavion Clowney last year, where they traded him outside of the division, sorry, outside of the conference because they didn't want to have to deal with him. And uh, even with DeAndre Hopkins, not really offering the same deals to AFC teams. Thanks for your question over at Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. You can send in your questions there anytime. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Start getting your questions in for next week's episode. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A, email buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can give us a phone call at 716-508-0405. Leave a comment in the comment section over at buffalorumblings.com on our show notes article when they post every Tuesday. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Make sure you subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings channel on your favorite podcast app. Go over to the iTunes store and leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We want to be the one-stop shop for Bills fans in the podcast universe. Go Bills. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.